not a light thing to go across to another country and, and minister life to people in other situations. You become familiar with doing in front of the, your peers and then you go to a new level when you just go to another country and you minister. It's completely different. You're facing different, different things when you go over there. Um, what I want to talk about today from Dr. Neal's book is law versus faith. Um, Abraham, the very first um, event of tithing came with Abraham. When Abraham recognized that it was because of God that he prospered. It was because of God that he won that battle. And out of his recognition that it was God who influenced the battle, he sowed a seed. He, he tithed out of, his, out of relationship to God. He wanted that relationship. He was recognizing that he was in partner with God. When we tithe, we are partnering with God. That well, when we become saved, we, we become one with God. But he's with us everywhere we go. Um, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm just jumping. Um, one thing we know is that in the Old Testament, they had the Ten Commandments. They had the law, and they had to follow the law, every word of the law. Um, in 2 Corinthians 3, 6, it says, Who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. We are no longer under the law. We are under the new the covenant that God had with Abraham that he came to give us life. And that when we follow God in spirit, we will follow the law, but we are following the spirit which gives life. Because one thing, there's several differences regarding the law versus the spirit. Like the law isn't based on your faith. It says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. So when, you're t when you think about tithing, if you're giving out of the law, which says to tithe, you have no faith. And you're just, you're just giving because it's a law. You're just giving because the Old Testament said to give 10%. But when you give out of faith, you're giving under the Spirit of tithing, not under the law of tithing. So the spirit is based on our faith. It's based on our relationship with God. Whereas the law, they did not have the relationship with God. Um, Moses in Exodus, I believe it was. We're not going to turn there. I'm just going to... Um, in Exodus, um, Moses was telling the people that um, 
that they would meet God, that they was going to go up to the mount and, and meet with God. And, and there was thunder and lightning and, and, they, and loud trumpets, and, and it was, they were fearful, and they said, you go up, you hear from God, and then you tell us what to do. You tell us what to do. We don't want a relationship with God. We will just do what you say to do. So after that, that's when the Ten Commandments came into place. It's because when he went up, God gave him the commandments because they refused to come into that relationship with him. So they had to follow the law. And um, it's... In in Genesis 12, starting with 1 through 3, it talks about the covenant that God made with Abraham that he would make him a great nation and that he would be a blessing, that he would be blessed and he would be a blessing. And then it goes on in Genesis 15 and tells him that he's going to have a child. In 16, it talks about how he put his hand to it and tried to make it happen. Well, then he had a son, but God said, no, that's not the one that I told you. I told you you would have a son through your wife, Sarah. So in 17, he goes and he has a child with his wife. Well, you think, okay, that's good. And then... Uh, but then a few chapters later, God says to sacrifice Isaac. Well, God was testing Abraham to see if he would believe him, if he had faith to know that when God spoke to him that he would do what he said he would do. Because he had given him his his promise he had given Isaac but he also had a covenant with him that said that he would through Isaac that he would be a great nation he'd have a great nation and so you have this covenant with God and that when Abraham was obedient and you're like Okay, wow. I mean, that's scary. You want me to sacrifice my son, Isaac? You gave me a promise, God. You told me that you would give me a, make, him, make us a great nation through Isaac. You told me that, that we would be blessed and that we, that we, we would be a blessing. And, um, and, but he still stood on what God had said. He stood on that word, and he had faith that no matter what God asked him to do, he had told him that he would, through Isaac, be a great nation. Um, yes, ma'am? Because some of us won't do anything until we know it's God. If he would have operated in that law, then he would have killed Isaac because he was told to go up there and do it. And if he didn't listen to any faith, listen, if he wasn't open to anything but law, 
he would have went with the law because he no, I got to do what, what I've been told to do. And he wouldn't have been open to even hear. But that's what faith does. Faith comes to set us free. Yeah. Romans says, well, how this wretched man that I am, how do I walk out of law? How do I walk out of bondage? How do I get delivered? How do I quit being mean to my wife? How do I quit being ugly to my husband? How do I, quit, how do I come out of this poverty? Oh, wretched man that I am. The spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the curse of the law. So if I follow law and not spirit, I can't come out of bondage. Law puts me back in bondage. The Bible says if I'm going to go by the law, then I'm going to live by the law. That means law is going to be in every area of my life. When I talk to my children, it's going to be law. When I talk to y'all, it's going to be law. But if I operate out of faith, you know, um, some people won't do anything unless they know, unless they know, unless I know what you can do, unless I know, then, then I'm not taking any chances. That's a, that's a law. That's a spirit of fear. Faith is always going to require you to take a chance. It's always going to be the unknown. It's always going to be something you, you may not know if it's going to turn out right, but if you will take them steps of faith, we go back to those steps of faith, then God will set you free and everything around you free. Hallelujah. Amen. She basically summed up the whole lesson. <laughs> well, through um, Abraham, he was the father of faith. He is the one that, had he not operated in faith, it would have it made that null and void, that covenant null and void. Um, because God can make a covenant with us, but we have a part to play. Yes. And Abraham had a part to play in his covenant as well. And he had to operate in faith knowing that God said that he would do it. And so no matter what this looks like, I'm going to, be in, I'm going to operate in faith knowing that even if I kill my son, he's going to raise him up. Yes. In, um, see, um, one thing he says in, in his book, it says, In- iniquity is conceived as anything we do in the matters of the kingdom of God that is not of faith and grace. So anytime we do something that isn't of faith, it's iniquity. I, uh, that was new to me. I never, I just thought of it as sin. I never thought of it as anything that I do that I don't have faith that it will work, that I don't have faith whenever I do it. I just do it. I don't even think about do I have faith or do I not? I just do it. Um, Galatians 3. Starting with verse 3. Are ye so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? Or by the law. Um, when God saved us, 
He didn't save us according to the law. He saved us by the Spirit. It says that um, having begun in the Spirit. So when you are saved, you are, in, you are with him in the Spirit. You are with him by the Spirit, not by law. And this says that you begun in spirit. Are you now being made perfect by the law? Have you, have you suffered so many things in vain, if it be yet in vain? He therefore that ministereth to you in the spirit and worketh miracles among you, doeth he, doeth he it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Even as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. Faith is, is the spirit. It's the law versus spirit. The law versus faith. Um. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith preached before the gospel unto Abraham. So, to me, when he, that very incident when Abraham operated in faith brought forth the, the new, the new way of serving God through faith, not through the law, not through anything but faith and relationship. Because Abraham had a relationship with God. Yes, he was called the father of faith. David was a friend of God. That that implies relationship. If I am your friend, I am in a relationship with you. Um So that then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. For as many are of the works of the law are under the curse. So if you're, do, if you're living according to the law, you're under the curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that com, continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. So if we are operating according to the law, then we are held to every aspect of the law. Every word of the law that we are we are held under. If we're not doing this, if we're not doing this, if, there is a lot under the law that, that the law states. So if we're going to live according to the law, we live according to every rule that was given, and we are cursed if we don't do them. But the spirit is the spirit is what gives life. Amen. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us and quickens our mortal body. So if the law killeth and the spirit gives life, why would we then go back to the, to the law? When we are living and when Christ lives and dwells on the inside of us, why would we then not operate in according to that relationship and that and that faith and go back to the law where where it may look easier to your eyes to see oh well you know I just do this 
you know, not really having faith. You know, I don't have to sit down and pray or anything. I can just, okay, I know the word. I'll just do the word. You know, but there's no faith in it. There's no relationship in it. No life in it, right. And you can tell when somebody's in the law and when someone's in the law in, in, in spirit. <laughs> because when it's law, it's like it, re, it just heaps condemnation upon you. It just heaps, um, it does what it says, it kills. It doesn't speak life to you. It doesn't speak um, freedom to you or faith to you. It doesn't build you up. It tears you down. It kills you. The law was good in that you saw that you were in sin. Because without the law, you don't see that you're in sin. But the Spirit comes from that relationship with Him and that He can speak to you and He shows you you know, but he doesn't condemn you. He just convicts you and brings you out. He gives life. He raises you up. Yes. Just like he raised Jesus from the dead, he raises you up. And, and then um, it says that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. It is evident for the just shall live by faith. And the law is not of faith, but the man that doeth them shall live in them. So if you are living according to the law, then you are judged according to the law. And you, It says, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. So when he came and he died for us, we no longer had to live according to the law. But if you live according to the law, then you are under that curse. You are under that old way. But when you come up under the new way, then the, the, the one that gives life, the one that's by the Spirit, is so much more forgiving. It's so much more life. It's so much more freedom. Yes, where there's law, there's rebellion. Yes, where there's no law, there's nothing to rebel against. That's what she just said. They were real, you know, the people we were with, because when you go down the street, that's all you saw for miles and miles and miles and miles. Women with baskets on their head, selling things, and babies on their back. And um, so they had these pretty grapes. I mean, they were big red grapes. And we were so thirsty. <laughs> and I was like, I want some of those grapes. No, they're too high. As soon as I got on that plane, Julie went to that store and bought cheese and grapes, and I couldn't get enough of them. And that was an example of that. Why did I want those grapes so bad? Because I'm really not a grape eater. But it's because I was told I couldn't have them two days before. And I'm, as soon as I get a chance to get them, I'm getting those grapes. But that's an example of, of law, though. We run from law. I think the enemy, well, I know, he tries to deceive us. We were asking, why would we go to the law instead of faith? Well, the children of Israel, they got scared out there with the unknown. Uh, they got scared out there with the unknown, so they're like, we want to go back. So he tells us it's safer that way, but that's a lie because it would have never brought them into their freedom, into their promised land. 
So it's just a lie from the enemy. It's safer to operate in faith than it is in law. Amen? Amen. Yes, it is safer to operate. It says that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Christ that we may receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Um, it says if a law had been to impart life then let's see, 21. But before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up under the, unto the faith, which should afterwards be revealed. Wait, that's the wrong scripture. But the scripture hath concluded all under sin, that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe, which is faith. The law always comes from the head. Faith comes from the heart. Mm -hmm. Iniquity deals with the heart, and transgression deals with the head. <laughs> you know, we think about lust begins in the heart, mm -hmm. and if you think about it very much and dwell on it, you wind up in adultery, mm -hmm. which comes from the head. Right. Right. So Jesus came to deal with the heart. Yeah. The law deals with the head. I'm just as you've been talking I just keep going back to that teaching we've always had that you, how you can't mix it um, I read just a couple days ago I was reading I think it's Matthew 11 where Jesus I'm paraphrasing, paraphrasing said for people who've heard my voice and then they, and they've they've experienced me, but you didn't keep going in that. It would have been better if you had just been like Sodom and Gomorrah, right. because and just had never done it. And so it's it is it's worse on us really if we hear from God, we begin in the Spirit, like like you just read. He said, where he said, how foolish if you begun in the Spirit, you're going to try to go back to the law because. We've, when we mix it like that, we end up ruining both things. If we get all the condemnation of the law and, and we're guilty of not obeying God too at the same time, it, we, got, we, 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 can't, we can't mix the two. Yes, you can look at the people and tell which ones live under the law and which ones live under the spirit, the, under the new, because law... They probably have some sober demeanor where they are not full of life, depressed, mad. <laughs> they cannot live up to the law. It is not possible. Right. And they're always condemning others. But when they are full of the Spirit then you can see it all over their face. 
they they just carry themselves different. I might question which spirit you were listening to. (laughs) The speed one. Um. I'm not kidding. The last ticket I got, I had my cruise set. But my foot was on the gas pedal, and I was praising the Lord. (laughs) And I got a ticket. But what you were talking about, David, if we look at David, by the law, David probably should have been stoned. But the Lord said his heart was perfect. And so it was just, yeah, mercy. Mercy. Yes. Under the Spirit, there is mercy. An abundance of mercy. Well, Abraham's way of tithing gave recognition to God. He tithed out of that relationship. He tithed out of that faith that he knew that God helped him in that situation. Um, I want to read something that um, Dr. Mills wrote because it says it better than I do. Then I'll break it down. Um, The acknowledgement of this view should pop up in us a moral responsibility to give God his due share of the income earned because God works with us. The moral point would be in our integrity to deal with God the same way we would ethically deal with a person who is a partner with us in running a business. In fairness and in honesty, we would give the person his or her due share of the profit. To treat God less by not giving him his due share of the income that he had partnered with us to earn would question our belief in his personal presence and influence in our lives, whether he is real to us personally or merely a delightful ideal lurking somewhere in our imagination. So... So I don't need to break it down. (laughs) In Philippians 2.13 it says God works in us both to will and to do his good pleasure. It says God works with us, in us, to both do his will and to do his good pleasure. So if God is working in us, he is partnered with us in everything that we do. If you are a banker, he has partnered with you in banking to make to um, to bring that income. He's partnered with you to make you a success in your in your job. He has partnered with you. You can trust that if God is a partner with you 
on as you're a police officer that God is protecting you and that he's he's speaking to you continually leading you out of dangerous situations if you are partnered with God in your job it causes you to to hear the spirit whenever it says don't do this or do this and you're like why Lord I, I should it's not time to do that, you know. But he's like, do this, and it saves you. Um, in Acts 17, 28, it says, in him we live and move and have our being. So if we're living with God and, and moving with God, then I'd say that's partnered. So if we're partnered with God, then... Um, then he has partnered with us in every area of our lives, whether it be in our relationships, whether it be our jobs. And if he is partnered with us in our jobs, then like Dr. Mills said, then he is owed his due share. But I like to think about it because he, he has partnered with me to help me in my job, to, make, to, to help me when I need help, to... To show me which way to go. You know, if I lack wisdom, he gives me wisdom. If I lack um, guidance in the area, like I don't know what to do regarding this situation, he gives me counsel. You know, he is my partner. In the natural, whenever you are in business, you don't go into the business knowing everything or how to do everything. You have a partner that knows this where you know this you may know accounting and they know uh, marketing so together you are partnered yes. so I don't know everything Amen. God knows everything yes. why wouldn't I partner with God in my job in my relationships in my marriage in my with my kids or you know not but partnering with him that he can speak to you and show you what you are, the areas to help you succeed in that to be the best that you can be yes yeah, he's a partner. So he's going to want to Promotion, yeah, he's going to want to bring promotion in because he's our partner. Right. So he wants it to prosper too. Amen. Yes, in soul winning, he is your partner. You know, he wants, he doesn't just want it to be here in CrossFit. He wants you to take it internationally. Amen. Just like in, in business, you don't just want to affect the area around you. You want to take it globally. And that's the way God wants. He wants to take it far-reaching. Um, oh, that, that concludes my notes. <laughs> Anyone have any questions? Uh, when you were talking about Abraham, you know, we look at Abraham. Abraham, his first encounter with God was a text um, about his faith. Every encounter that Abraham had was had something to deal with his faith. 
even when it come down to knowing about him having him this uh, uh, Sarah having a, a, a child, their first child, it was a uh, it was about his faith. Even until it got to the point where his child he had to sacrifice, it was about faith. And I'm saying is that uh, when he went told his uh, uh, the two men that he was gonna go up and sacrifice. He said, but we'll be back. That was, a, that was an act of faith. He knew what, it was, what, it, what, it, what it's like to go and sacrifice because whatever was being sacrificed wasn't coming back. But the fact that he said, we will return, that was an act of faith. And just think if he was acting under the law, there would have been no return of his son. You know, when, when, uh, even when, his, when he had uh, uh, Ishmael, he was acting under the law because he didn't act under faith. Had he acted under faith, that would have been the firstborn son of him and Sarah. Amen. I am learning that true faith is taking that son up there to be sacrificed and be willing to sacrifice him even if it meant the ultimate death, because you trust in God to do this God's way in whatever it is and however it is. That is the ultimate faith, and to have that kind of faith, you have to have relationship. Amen. Yes. Ready to come down. thought that God would resurrect him even though they might not have known about resurrection then. But I just think he knew that God was not going to let that boy die because he was the child of promise. Amen. Yeah. Die permanently. Amen. You know, he, he had a relationship with him. And, and when you know God... You know, you know him, you know his ways, you know his heart, and you know that his heart would not just kill the promise because you know he loves you, but you also know if God makes a promise, he keeps the promise. And so because he knew him, he didn't have any reason to go there. I'm just recognizing this. He didn't have any reason to go up on that mountain, not full of faith, because he understood who God is. He understood that God loves him. He loves Isaac. And God always keeps his promises and that Isaac was the promise. And the promise was not yet fulfilled because Israel hadn't been born. There hadn't been a nation yet. And so whatever happened, he knew him. He knew him. He just knew God enough to know that whatever happened, Isaac was coming back down off that mountain and was birthing a nation. must have pleased God that that Abraham believed in him like that that he would be willing to to go up there and do that so that's relationship yes Yes. 
it took faith for them to go to another country to minister the gospel. Not only to take care of them on the flight, to take care of them once they got there. And everything that we do, and everything that we do, it takes faith. It took faith because <laughs> we went to some pretty sketchy places there <laughs> one day. <laughs> and I felt led. I, I said, I want to take out my uh, my phone and take pictures. But something in the inside wouldn't let me. You know, I just felt checked in my spirit that I shouldn't take out my camera. So I didn't. So when we come out of that place, I asked Sister Julie. I said, Sister Julie, did you happen to get any pictures? And she said, No. <laughs> You don't show, uh uh-uh, no, mm -mm, no, not where we was at. And so I knew that that was the Lord protecting me, you know, because to me, I saw people taking pictures of us in the, in the airport, and I thought this is, must be how they felt, you know, <laughs> for us taking pictures everywhere, you know, because foreign, like foreigner people was in the American Airlines, and I could see them taking pictures <laughs> <You know? laughs> so anyway, but yes, uh, I had heard, I had seen that in that period there, the Lord's brought the scripture out to me that he saves his anointed yes. and he raises them up with his right hand. Yes. And he did that. He yes. did that in every area. So I'm so thankful that we, by the spirit, can hear him to protect us Amen. In, in situations that we're in. So that was pretty awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Well, let's go ahead and close. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the word that came forth this morning through prayer and, and through Sunday school. Lord, we thank you for the word that's going forth and through the rest of the service. We thank you, Lord, that as we lift you up, you will draw all men unto you. And so, Lord, we lift you up right now. And we just pray that you continue to draw all men unto you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the relationship that we have with you. We thank you, Lord, that we can be partnered together with you, that we are partnered together with you in our marriage, in our relationships, in our, in our jobs, Lord. We are partnered with you in every area. And so, Lord, we want to give you praise and honor that is due you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We partner with you, and we give you what is your due, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank <laughs> you.